Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Battle Beyond the Sun. In the year 1959, science fiction movie make you. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> Moss film, right? This is our second... Uh, film this year, which is a fifties Soviet, Soviet sci-fi. No, the other one, the other one was, was East German. It was East, yeah, it was still from because that was right Ukraine. after Russia invaded Ukraine, so we didn't want to do a straight up Russian film. But here yeah. we are now doing the straight up Russian film. Yeah, we're doing the, the weird American. Well, you know what? This was made at the height of the Cold War, <laughs> and the American dub changes it to try and make it more about a peaceful future. So that's cool. Yeah. Also, I didn't even know till I was like, oh, Moss film. What do you know? Because it also has produced by Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. Which I'm not, I mean, there's got to be a story there. And Roger Corman was involved as well? Yes. Yeah. So I guess that's in the licensing or whatever, because they certainly didn't produce this. Oh, yeah, they also, they shoved in scene at the end. Oh. Oh, is that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is one where I watched it this morning, literally, um, and now I'm wishing I'd had a bit more time to research it, because <laughs> whatever went on here is interesting. What Battle Beyond the Sun. Yeah. Battle Beyond the Sun. Not in the sun. We're no longer battling in the sun. We've gotten beyond it. I mean, if you think about it, the sun is at the center, so like the whole solar system is beyond the yeah, sun. It was kind of, yeah, I kind of <laughs> was like trying to figure out where is beyond the sun. That's why I'm like, you're in the sun, or you're beyond the sun? Is the that... idea that they like swung past the sun to get to Mars, because that's the dumbest way to do it. <laughs> and it also seemed to take like five minutes. Yeah. I mean, but this is 1959, so, you know, I guess mm. we have to give them a little bit of uh, something there. But yeah, it, it's... For its time, it is actually a pretty good space movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some style. There's some cool-looking stuff in this. But uh, who am I? I'm Matt. I'm Luke. It's a sci-fi sanctuary. It is indeed. Yes. And, uh, yeah, you were just like, find me something whack on YouTube. So yeah. This is what I found you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever we do one this like this, just a film you've never heard of from the 50s, it's because you can just watch it on YouTube. <laughs> you put the link in the show notes when you do this? I think I do. Yeah. Seems like something I do. If not, type it into YouTube. You'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> These things abound. I mean, yeah, YouTube is weird because it's like you can't watch anything like quite legit, right? Mm. But you can watch everything. Yeah. But it's not, unless it's quite legit. So, what, what, what is your... no one is like you know, clutching at these rights in the year 2022. Yeah, I, I'm like, what What are your bizarre YouTube rabbit holes? I guess we claim 50 sci-fi as one now that we've done, like, multiple films on this podcast as one. But. Yeah, obviously I watch a lot of game shit because I'm a nerd. Yeah. But no, watch, like, 50-minute or two-hour history documentaries about, like, Mesopotamia. That's, That's been my thing one. recently. What have I, been? <laughs> I, I watch gear videos a lot, guitar gear, of course, because okay, that's yeah, part yeah. of my door. Um... Oh, uh, recently I've been watching like 3D 
animated like spaceship schematics. Oh yeah, like, like the smallest to largest and stuff. That and where you look at, um, yeah, like I was talking about Event Horizon, the, and where you see like the Enterprise deck by deck, and you see the floor plans. I like that sort of thing because I'm weird. Yep. And uh, oh man, I was just watching something totally bizarre not a few nights ago. I was watching something about the Mariner um, airships from World War Two. Okay. That was cause it was just like it was it was a it was the bomber with the kitchen. I'm like, oh, I want to watch that. So, oh, 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 here's the one I was trying to think of. I was watch, I watched like 20 videos on like tiny apartments in Tokyo. Okay, yeah, that's a popular like one. Like capsule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Capsule apartments, not hotels. Yeah, like those ones, that building that was made of like all of them slotted together. Yeah, and yeah. And they never actually oh, moved any of them. <laughs> right, right. But just like how people live in these like weird little spaces, that fascinated me. So. I should make one of those because I live in a fairly small Japanese apartment. Not compared to the ones I, know, I was I watching. Know, I know. Yeah, okay. I mean, you, yeah, you can make that. People in the, people watch that the UK shit, and yeah. the States will be like, oh, that's crazy. I mean, I can do that with my house, right? Yeah. You know? I mean, not because it's small, because it's Japanese, but. Uh, but yeah, the, these places are truly weird. <laughs> so, there was one where, um, it was like you had to go through like all these weird alleyways and corridors and you didn't get a toilet. There was one in the building, but you couldn't use it. So you'd have to like figure out a deal somewhere else to have a toilet. Funzy. Because it, it, it was like in the center of Tokyo, but it was only like a hundred bucks, you know, like um, 10,000 yen, I don't know how many pounds that's, 50 pounds? Okay, anyway, it's like super cheap in the center of Tokyo, but like, it was like in this totally bizarro spot and you didn't have like, a toilet. Which seems like kind of like a deal breaker. And it was really loud, there's like no soundproofing whatsoever, so. Where are we talking about? Uh, Battle Beyond the Sun, that's today's YouTube rabbit hole that we went yeah. down. So, um, I mean, there's no first impressions here, I guess. I was just like, here's a film. Yeah, my first impressions were me watching this film this morning. <laughs> yeah, okay, what were they? It looked it it looked pretty good. Yeah. We we recently did the first spaceship of Venus, right? Mm. Kind of a I mean again that's East German, but it's kinda of the same vibe. So um I guess which would be your preference? I think I liked this more. Although the whole like um archaeology aspect of that one was cool. They got there and there's like a dead civilization. That was cool. This had the whack monsters at the end for like split seconds. That was yeah, kinda cool. It went in there for very long. This is, I, obviously, this is like an hour and four minutes, and it raced by. Yeah. So I probably, you know, I could sit through this again more than I could sit through that again. <laughs> so this might not be our longest episode, because if it's longer than the movie, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, We've definitely done at least one podcast that was longer than the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do the Twilight Zone. Those are always longer than the episodes. So mm. um, there's that. But um, I don't know. Should we, should we kick it into the story? Yes. Kick it. After a nuclear war of 1997, the Earth is divided into two hemispheres. North Hemis and South Hemis are completely cut off from one another. South Hemis scientists are aboard a space station preparing to fly to Mars when a North Hemis ship requests permission to land for repairs. 
The scientists meet and lament that they can't work together. When the North Hemis captain learns that the South Hemis ship is bound for Mars, he rushes back to his own ship and fast-tracks their launch to the same destination. Both crews rocket towards the Red Planet, but the North Hemis crew are underprepared and get pulled towards the Sun. The South Hemis crew rescue them at a great cost in fuel. Everyone finds themselves stranded on an asteroid in orbit around Mars awaiting a fuel rocket. An, asteroid, an astronaut arrives with some fuel, but is killed by some suggestively designed monsters. Nonetheless, the others return to an Earth with a newly restored desire to work together towards a common future. Usually this is where we talk about the actors. I I confused the crews. You said the one guy was more snivelly and like the, the guy the guy who the captain of the North Hemis ship is like clear villain. Right. Even though he's not that villainous. No, no, in the end no one's a villain, right? This but he, all about he turns up and he's like free love and oh, space. I madness. love peace just like you do, of course. <laughs> Maybe I trusted him, I don't he's, know. He just got a face. He, yeah, he was definitely playing the, like, you're not meant to trust this guy guy. <laughs> but then, yeah, he's not that bad. And then, yeah, they both have an older scientist. That and is also a the fat older scientist on the spaceship who doesn't get to go. Oh, that's because he's too fat. Yeah. And then there's Paul, who was meant to be the other astronaut. He gets injured, so he gets to rescue them at the end instead. Right. And there's Craig, who goes. Right. Craig's the one who's getting married. Oh, okay. I guess I was mixing up Paul and Craig. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty... I'm, I'm sure they had different names at some point. Well, they definitely had different names in the Russian version because <laughs> in the opening credits, I don't think it even lists the on-screen actors. I think it just lists the voice cast. Oh, yeah? Because there were no Russian-looking names in there. Yeah, yeah, I did. That's why I was confused. It's like, oh, Moz film, right? And then, yeah. like, the like half the names, like, I was like, those... This doesn't track. Yeah, I think they That's were trying confused. to release it so no one would notice it was Russian. Yeah, well, those guys probably all ended up in the gulag because this wasn't a big success. <laughs> so we don't have to credit them. I don't know that. I'm just guessing. Did they have a gulag by 1960? I don't think they had gulags just for unsuccessful films. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by 1960, were people still being gulagged that much? I feel like it was a Stalin thing. Um, we should get James Farley on because he knows more about Soviet history. Okay, I'm just sitting here like, like, how bad was the 60s in the Soviet Union? Like, I mean, we were all told it was crap, but it probably... Like the 30s, I can imagine that did suck. You know, the 40s for sure. The 60s? Mine didn't, I think that was, it was okay. pretty bad post-war for a while. Yeah, okay. I don't think it was ever great, mate. <laughs> no, I'm just like, could you like groove, you know? I feel like at this point you could groove, which you probably couldn't in the 30s. I mean, yeah, 20 years later they're inventing Tetris. Shostakovich so. was a ha happier by this point. Yeah. I, I, feel, I track my, my, my um... Ability to live in the Soviet Union by how Shostakovich felt at any certain period of time. I see. Hmm. So by this point, he was kind of groovy, I guess. Yeah. I mean, this is a groovy movie, right? Yeah, it does the job. I mean, I, I actually do. It's got like the opening with all those funky colors. That was great. You know, I like that. And there's one really good shot in this film. Well, the, I like the sets in this. I mean, the ships are kind of generic, but They're they generic, look cool. They, they look good. They work. Yeah, yeah. But, um,. 
there was uh, who else was in? It? I'm just like still thinking of actors. There, there was the older, older lady and younger lady on Earth. Well, the, the, the younger characters. lady was originally on the space station. Right, she was on Craigsman to marry. Right, right, right. And then the the older scientist who does go on the ship, he has a wife. Oh, is that her on, on Mission Control then? I'm not sure if that was her or not. There was two. Okay. Older I was ladies. just like, there's, there were, yeah, those, yeah. those were the women. Yeah. In the film. Yeah, the women are there to either answer the phone or to be love interest to the men. Mm. But, you know, this is a Soviet Russian film from 1959, so I'm not going to go into that for too long. Well, no, we have to at least have, you know, equal representation of the comrades. Yeah. Which I guess we don't get, is your point, but. Yeah, it you would know. be cool if they had like actual female astronauts and stuff and cosmonauts. Again, they make the Twilight Zone mistake of why are there only two astronauts on the ship? Yeah. Like, I mean, you end up with four, but that wasn't the plan. That was by accident. Because, hmm. <laughs> yeah, the Apollo missions were always three, right? Yeah. Gemini was two, but that was low Earth orbit, right? Yeah. Mercury is like, can we get... And, and, and the, the first Soviet ships were one, right? Yeah, but you're grabbing those on the they, they very quickly went to two, but, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the first one is like, will this person survive? So that's one. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, we can, we can manage two people. But if you want to get things done, you need three at least, right? Mm. I guess. You need someone who's, who's going to stay in the ship, like your personal hero. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Collins. Mm. Well, yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway, two-person ship seems like madness to me. And in the 50s, uh, around 1960, they seem to, like, love that. So. Mm. Mm. Um, but, is that just because that's what? planes were like. I think so, pilot co- Well, even then you got a navigator behind them. Sometimes, yeah. You but yeah, the image is like, yeah, pilot co-pilot, right? Yeah. Or but like, any ship where the thought needs a, a navigator behind them. So that's three right there, right? And then you want to flight, you know, like, like flight attendants. I don't think they had flight attendants on this one, mate. No, they didn't. But I mean, it would have been <laughs> nice. One, they do. It would have been a perk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is something. I, I we're, we're moving off actors pretty quickly, right? Yeah, I guess. I, I said it dismissively to begin with because this is not a film where we can talk about the actors much. I did think a lot about 2001 because um, while they do screw up the gravity in every way conceivable, they at least make the um, token notice that there is a spinning section of the space station. Yeah. And then they make no sense out of the gravity where the one guy just walks over and starts floating. Right, yeah. But it doesn't work that way. There'd be like, a, wouldn't there be like a grading off or something? Anyway, the, this movie doesn't actually make any sense of gravity, but it does at least acknowledge it. Yeah, it tries. Which, I wonder if this is the first film to do that. I'm always hesitant to say anything. It's the first film to do anything. Like, well, Destination Moon certainly didn't. We found out that Polaroids were invented in the 40s when yeah. we recorded Twilight Zone just now, so... Yeah, I mean, you know, people might have already put pins on, you know, wires to yeah. swing around. Uh, Forbidden Planet, they didn't care about gravity. No, but they're already in, like, a flight saucer and stuff. Yeah, anyway, I'm just saying this much. Like, they didn't do a good job, but at least they considered it. Yeah. And, um, and also, the meeting on the space station, especially because in 2001, it's the it's the Russian and American scientists meeting, right? Mm. Kind of the same thing here. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I thought that was, I... I this is a full ten years before, is that right? Well, like, eight years eight before. Years, yeah. yeah, but I, I do wonder if there was a bit of a little influence just you know even if it's subconscious like I saw it before let's uh, use that template a little bit possibly I mean I, I'm pretty sure Stanley Cooper was not obsessively watching this also he's making Lolita at the time so who knows what was going on in that dude's mind but <laughs> <laughs> but so the Spartacus and Lolita can you put those films by each other on your resume now and like survive 
<laughs> okay, sorry, derailed you a bit there. I, I, I'm trying to see what the. I mean, that's a hell of a resume. <laughs> we just made the gayest gladiator film followed by Lolita. Yeah. That that seems like eight times wrong. Both good movies, but... Yeah, yeah, you're not meant to, like, identify with the guy in Lolita. No, of course not, but... Is it, um, is it, is it even, like, Hamish Hamish or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are, are we... Uh, Humbert Humbert. Humbert Humbert, that's it. Are we allowed to um, associate with Stanley Kubrick, I guess, is my <laughs> point. <laughs> hey, I love faking men landings. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like by going psych psychotic with Doctor Strangelove and Clockwork Orange is like, oh yeah, never mind those like earlier movies I made. <laughs> well, no, that was just him saying, no, no, it was deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that that is a different conversation. Except that I, I, we're allowed to have different conversations on this episode, mate. Yes, <laughs> there's not going to be an episode if we I, don't. <laughs> I just found myself in the space station scenes, like very much like comparing with. 2001 coming, looking like it was made like a hundred years later, but well, they, only they, being about eight. The big difference is this was made just before people actually started doing space stuff. Well, then they got the Sputnik in here, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, right, but that was like the limit. Yeah. Whereas then 2001 is made after NASA is doing stuff. Mm. So just the, the imagery of what space travel looks like feels so much later to us. Yeah. Because now we know that is what it looked like. Mm. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is, I guess this is the last, did the Soviets, like, or the, the Eastern Bloc, I should say, were they making the last of the uh, 50s films, basically? I guess. I, I've had it described to me by, by what? Were they making 50s films, like, well into the 60s? Well, that, that, I was about to get to that, because, um, actually, I was, I, when I was haggling about our Beneath the Planet of the Apes, one of the other ones that came up with our guest on that That's John why was, I got confused, because the premise you want me to write isn't even for Battle for the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> It's beneath the planet of the apes. Oh, yeah. No wonder I didn't know what the fuck you were talking about when you Battles said I needed to record one, yeah, the battle. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the point was, um, we were talking online when we were trying to figure out which film to do, and our first thought was, um, uh, is it Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea? The, or an Alan, Alan one. Any, anyway, we were thinking about that as being the demarcation line between 50s and 60s sci-fi, but that movie's like 62, right? Huh? So, like, because before 2001, were there other kind of like that forward-thinking sci-fis. Uh, Star Trek was halfway there, but still has a fair amount of 50s sci-fi in it. That's why we love it. I mean, TOS. You know? Right. Uh, like, it still has that Forbidden Planet vibe, even though it, it doesn't look like proper space travel, even though it's yeah, yeah. thinking about a little more logically. Because, yeah, 2001, I'm just confused because you're calling it forward-thinking. Whereas it's not. It was, like, now-thinking. Okay. It still looks better than half the movies made today. No, but, I mean, <laughs> it was... The, the space travel... It, had in the film was all basically possible when it Spaceship. was made. Spaceship. As a freaking car. Okay. Yeah. Which is still there. Sorry, folks. Yeah, it was between occasionally having cars driving past. Now there's another car. Or constantly having bugs making noise, so. <laughs> tweet in, let us know which you prefer. <laughs> cars or bugs? <laughs> Sorry, what? Bugs, we're... life, or cars? What's your favorite Pixar film? <laughs> Those are the only options available. I don't remember what point you were making anymore. But we were still talking about 2001. Yeah. And, like, that vision of space compared to this. And the point is, yeah, this is speculative fiction. Mm. Whereas 2001 is, yeah, we had, they hadn't built ships that could go that far yet. But if anyone put the, ponied up the cash, they could. Like, in 67, it seemed, like, logical that the tech we have now could become this by 2001. Yeah. Even though we were too busy with Iran-Contra's wars and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but, like, so. we a it absolutely could have done if we hadn't 
realised that war was more profitable. <laughs> Should listen to Star Trek more closely, folks. Yeah. Or this film. Or this um, film. Yeah, or this film. I mean, that that's the thing. Uh, you could, you could. There's plenty of flaws here, but its heart's in the right place. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other one is uh, that. So 2001 certainly went through my mind with all the space station. The other one was uh, Airstrip One. You just remind me where that's from. Uh, 1984. That's that's England oh, okay, in yeah, yeah, yeah. in 1984. It's Airstrip One, right? Yeah, it's I haven't like, seen the film version of that. Well, I haven't even read the book or seen the film for like 20 years. Okay, so. I, I read the book regularly. I I actually, uh, I think I've seen the, the one made in 1984 like once. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I'm just a book guy on this. I've read the book several times. But uh, right. yeah, Airstrip One's the, So I did wonder like, hell, you know, 1959 Soviets, they, they could have had some thought about that. It, it seemed like a very 1984 setup. Well, the funny, th 1984 is the hilarious book that was banned in Russia for being anti-communist and was banned in the West for being pro-communist. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, uh, you know, now, like, everything's, like, Orwellian. Like, we use, I mean, that's a word now. You know, new speaks a word, double speaks a word. In 1959, it was still a relatively, you know, new book. Yeah. So, um, and then I, yeah, I guess it had been banned in the Soviet Union, but that gives you more reason to track it down, right? So I did kind of wonder if that was an influence, because it, it did feel like a very... I, I think in 1984 it's like three giant blocks, right, mm. that do not communicate with each other and are always at war with one or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which is why you need three in 1984. Yeah, we've always been at war with Eurasia. Right. And here's just two. Mm. It's nor North Hemi, South Hemi, but well, it's kind of the same vibe. I didn't realize that's what you're on, but... So there's a hell of a lot more land and population in the Northern Hemisphere than the Southern Hemisphere. That is true. <laughs> but but it, it, a, it might not be a, like, straight yeah, equator yeah, line. No, it could be... A little above. I, I think they even show a map that suggests it's not quite that clear okay. cut. Because <laughs> there was a, a bit, someone was making fun of a quote from JFK where he was talking about like the Southern Hemisphere and then he listed a bunch of countries and like 80% of them were in the Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> 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 yeah, the, the Southern Hemisphere, that line is not where you think it is when you picture the map. Yeah, you definitely, like um, I, one of the, one of the, if you want to get whacked with the, the Great Pyramid, one of the, um, the, the things on it, it's supposed to be equidistant from the like land masses of the earth. Hmm. Like that's one of the things, ah, it's made by aliens or it's just made by really smart people and fast or whatever, but like it's basically the, the exact average of where the earth's land mass is or something. And it is notably north of the equator. That sounds like some, some bullshit. Yeah, I'm not really quite sure how you do that math. Pick numbers to put in there to get the result you want. I mean, I feel like you would be able to put that at many points on that same, you know, like, there'd be a line where you could do it at many different places, right? But mm. apparently that line crosses the pyramid, so. And it's not loud, it would be a squiggly line because of the different changing land. There's also hella pyramids in Egypt. So just picking that one is kind of arbitrary because it's the famous one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one's a lot smaller, though. Or, or they're, they're kind of squiggly, right? They don't yeah. just go, like, have a nice angle. Step pyramid's a weird one. Yeah. I mean, they're all step pyramids. It's just when you get big enough, you can't tell. Okay, good point. It's like a sprite, right? Yeah. It's all made up squares. Yeah. But when you've got a nice, big, detailed sprite. Apparently the pyramid has eight sides too, like it's like slightly angled, so there's actually small sides that you don't easily see. Oh. That's interesting. So, or maybe they just screwed up and had to fix it when they were building it. <laughs> you can screw up a little bit when you're making your perfect pyramid, right? <laughs> when you're making anything that big, you can screw up a little bit. Right, so maybe so maybe it wasn't like some weird like genius, but like, oops. The Statue of Liberty's got six toes on one of her feet. Does she? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because it'd be fantastic if she did. I know. And I knew you'd do that. <laughs> well, I was just telling someone yesterday, I've been to New York a lot, but I've never been to the Statue of Liberty. Huh? So. I've been to the one in um, Badiba. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I guess I've been to that one, but you can't go in that one. It's smaller. Nah. Yeah. You just get inside and wear it like a mech suit. <laughs> that's Daibutsu, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got it's the head, like, opens up. Yeah, and the, it looks the, like that's what it's and for. And I'm saying this not for you, for a listener, the giant brass or bronze okay. Buddha in um, Kamakura, which you can go inside. That would be an awesome mech suit. So, hmm. I do want to watch, um, for this podcast eventually, Great Buddha's Arrival. What's that? It's like a kaiju film, but it's just a big Buddha statue that floats down and smashes shit. I think I have that on Blu-ray. So there's Daibutsu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that, yeah. There's okay. a, but apparently there's like a lost Daimujin. one. There's like a lost one from the 30s. Oh. And then there's a remake one. Okay. I have something on Blu-ray. It's, it's with my um, my 90s Gamera films and, um, Sick. and my uh, Lone Wolf and Cub stuff. I should actually borrow those Gamera's off you at some point. And the Lone Wolf and Cub. And that, yeah. <laughs> bring up the really beautiful shot in this film that used to open the segment with a burp so <laughs> fuck you. let's talk about the vagina monster instead okay. <laughs> and the cock monster with an eye on it no that's i was gonna say that because all the youtube comments are like oh this film has a penis monster fighting a vagina monster lower like for the two vagina seconds. monster is definitely a vagina monster yeah yeah. It's a stretch to call the other one a penis monster. It's just because it's fighting a vagina monster. Does your penis have an eye at the end of it? Is your penis is your penis one spherical? One eye jack, like that Marlon Brando film. One eye jacks. There were lots of them. Uh-huh. That that was uh, sorry. Back to Kubrick. He was working on that and then left that to make other films because uh-huh. Marlon Brando was too insane apparently. Yeah, as, as I understand it, Marlon Brando was a fucking nightmare to work with after. <laughs> The wild ones. He was born. (laughs) (laughs) That's method acting, man. Yeah. Method acting is like, this is my license to be an asshole. Oh, Superman movie, taping all the lines around the room. No, that makes him my hero. Because I just just talked about Psychovex and Zooey Eisen and brought that up that I was basically brandoing it whenever I could because I can't remember lines. (laughs) So I, I understand that. I get that. Okay. I mean, he's method. He's already there. He is, he is Jor-El, you know? 
He doesn't have to remember his lines. He is Jor-El. Just put the lines on the baby's butt. That's good enough. <laughs> um, okay, monsters. You want to, uh, this movie just teases the monsters, really. Well, yeah, they were added in. Is that the what was They were added, added in by the Americans. That makes sense. This movie makes a lot more sense with no monsters on the asteroid. Yeah, so apparently, the, you, apparently you can get hold of the Russian film, which is called, like, The Sky Cools. And it's way more like just a film about the human ambition for the stars, and like apparently a much better film. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, because like like you were you were saying, it's not a battle at all. At best, it's a race, and even then, they end up just rescuing them and working together. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess the only way it's a battle is that these two monsters show up, have a fight. Don't seem like they're interested in the guy, but then the camera cuts away and he screams. <laughs> Uh, but that that makes me wonder, how did he die in the original film? Maybe cracked his glass just, on... Yeah, just asteroids or something, I guess. I mean, asteroids are dangerous. We saw Armageddon recently, right? Well, there was a scene earlier in the film where, like, the ship was getting powered of asteroids. It's all the worst parts of the Bible, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not a comet, it's an asteroid. So maybe a com- an asteroid's, like, slightly better. You can build a base on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the monster was fucking whack. That was great. Oh, the monster is fantastic. I'm almost like slightly depressed that that was a Hollywood edition. Uh, it reminds me of the monster from Watchmen, the comic. I can see that. I also thought a bit of um, maybe not so much a thing uh, from Beyond. I'll keep it carpet. No, Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. Yeah. I'll keep it Carpenter there. So yeah. Yeah, it was it was a whack design. That was great. But there's no way they didn't know it was vaginal. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess they just had, well, I don't know. Had the Fex guys in the 50s ever seen one? <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, no one will be offended by that because they're all dead. <laughs> now I just defended the really old ones. <laughs> the 90 year old virgin. There is a depressing movie. Yep. Okay, uh, yes, Vaginal Monsters. Um, the battle is beyond the sun. They went past the sun. Does yeah. that make you beyond the sun? I guess. Like I said, we're always beyond the sun. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, the shot that I was going to bring up that looked amazing is when they see the Mars rise. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Like, yeah, the actors are in shot. The, the Mars, like, comes up in front of them. It looked really good. Yeah, yeah, you got to have a money shot when you're trying to do Soviet marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's With a great... red planet rising. <laughs> well, that's what I was saying Fortunately, all the you know you all the you need for the poster is like some nice stylized abstract stuff. You don't even need like the movie. Mm. Who was writing that? Was it the Czechs writing that for years? Which is the country that just has a bunch of whack movie posters? Nigeria is one, but that's mostly for their own movies. Yeah, and I think it is Hungarian. Czech, whatever name the Czech yeah. country currently has Czech or Hungaria or something like that. Hung- Hungary. Hungary. <laughs> <laughs> Hungary could be a country. Because it was Czechoslovakia, then it was the Czech Republic, but didn't it change its name again recently? I don't know, maybe. Anyway, that that part of the world where they have... Yeah, don't pass movie posters. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I was like, what do they have, bridges? (laughs) There's something, goulash. Goulash is good. Have you ever goulash? I don't think so. I got paid in goulash to play a concert once. It was exciting. Nice. Hmm. That was in Austria, though. Does that make it fake goulash? I feel like they're not they're not east enough. I don't know. Maybe Austria has goulash. They, well, they did. I just feel like maybe it wasn't completely authentic. Yeah. Anyway, that's how I got paid to play at the, the lake. I see. What's goulash? No money. No money was involved. Okay. I, I'm stretching. Give me, give me a topic. Um, 
stare at my notes, see what I got. Fucking Craig. That was fun. Yeah. Craig, Craig's the wrong name. I mean, all of these names are the wrong names, let's be real. But. Yeah. Oh, I like that. They're on the spaceship. Fuck. That's what we're hearing now. That's what's rolling past us. There's a lot of cars now. It becomes busy for like little spells of time. Guess Paul ain't getting married no more. Is that the aliens clip with teeth? Oh, here we go. We'll just move. Should I even be talking? No. I think we're saying beeping. Am I going to edit this? Probably not. Okay. You should. Yeah. But you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll forget about it by the time we get around to it. Yeah. It's going away. Would this make a good amusement park ride? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. You go by the sun, you rescue the people, and you meet a, an alien clip monster. Yeah. That's a good ride. Because um, Disney used to have the, uh, I guess, the Mission to Mars ride. That's why they had a movie, right? And it was, mi at some point, it was mildly terrifying. I think maybe they changed it to Alien Encounter, but it was like pre-Stitch, and they just had a terrifying alien. Then changed it to Stitch later because Stitch wasn't as terrifying. Okay. Live-action Stitch would be pretty scary, though. <laughs> I think he's still cartoony looking. In yeah. the, I mean, it's not like they tried to, like, you know, like, you Detective know. Pikachu him or whatever. Right, right. It's just it's just plain old Stitch. You did make a point in your notes about like how insanely quick they managed to get the fuel up to them. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because yeah, in the movie The Martian, the whole point is it's going to take months and gravity and orbital cycles to make all this happen. So you got to eat shit potatoes, right? Yeah. Whereas here it's just like, okay, ship's on the way. I've never out. seen the movie The Martian, but I've read the book. Okay. I think the book's probably better, but I haven't read the book, so. Hmm. It might be on my iPad. Um, I have lots of books on my iPad. And I read some of them. Not that one, apparently. Not that one. But, but yeah, the first fuel rocket just crashes and explodes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's why Paul has to bring it and then get killed by a vagina monster. Right. A penis monster. Right. Well, he sacrificed himself for everyone else. That, does that mean Craig is now betrothed to his fiance? He was always Craig's fiance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I, I can't get around the war movie trope, right? Where you talk about them getting married and then you get killed. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a Western war movie trope, not in Mother Russia. Right. Yeah. In, in Mother Russia, the... Mother Russia, our brave boys always come home to their wives. Right. <laughs> brave boy marries you. Proud boy marries you. <laughs> that, there's a horror movie. <laughs> married to the proud boy. Yeah. You're betrothed to the proud boy now. Your old incel. That's an even more depressing movie, isn't it? <laughs> the ninety-year-old incel. Okay. Call himself an old cell on the floor. An out cell. I'm an Audi. <laughs>
So the question we always ask is, does this film hold up? The answer is obviously no. <laughs> like, you wouldn't watch this in the spirit that you would watch a new film. No, not at all. But, it's a curio. Yeah, if you want to watch a 50s curio, this is a great one. D- but It's got amazing model work and yeah. colors. And, and then I do think, you know, Soviet, Soviet um, 50s film just carries something a little different. But I, it's, it's, it is, that's, just, that's just exactly it. It's different. Like, to a certain extent, we still don't really quite understand what the vibe is. That's why I was like, like in the 60s, would it be like chill to live in the Soviet Union, you know? I mean, there's a Cold War, but it wasn't chill in the States either. We had, you know, like, uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, all that. So yeah, every, everyone probably stressed. Everyone's stressed out about that. I'm not, I'm not going to both sides the Soviet Union with you right now. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. No, I'm pretty sure it was bad, mate. No, you couldn't get jeans. That sucked. They didn't like the Beatles. Uh, you know that that puts a you know that's a, that's a minus in my book. I think you were still getting like disappeared for speaking out. Okay, that that <laughs> I guess that's where I was getting like in the '60s. Did did fewer people get disappeared for speaking out? I think people were getting um, fewer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think people were getting disappeared up to pretty late. But they were in this. U.S. too, and in the U.K., it's I, I, the, yeah, they country, spin it differently. Countries are bad, <laughs> but I think that was a particularly bad one. Artists are good. I mean, this is art, right? This, I mean, there, I'm sure there's some notes from the uh, from the committee. For the most part, people are good. I just think countries are bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think this movie would have gotten particularly bad notes from the committee. It would just be like, please show our you know, our socialist spirit better or something? Well, I think um, people are speculating that it probably the the solution is we work together with all sides might not have been in the original movie. <laughs> <laughs> or would it? But yeah, who knows? I mean, you know, because I mean, the whole, the whole goal was like, we will all become one world Soviet, right? So mm. if you spin it, if you just assume that the Hemi that, well, no, the whole point is they come together, right? Well, yeah. That, that is cool. That, that's a nice thought. Yeah, well, like I said at the start, I wish I'd had time to actually read up on this a bit more. Mm. Uh, because, yeah, there, there's definitely an interesting story in, like, how this was one film and it was, as far as I'm aware, basically remade into a different film through dubbing and splicing in some alien footage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the same issue we ran into with First Spaceship on Venus, because we were like, we feel like they kind of... First Spaceship on Venus, we definitely got the impression they dawed down the edges mm-hmm. from the silent... Was it the Silent Star? Yeah. Yeah, that was a cool title. That was a better title. Mm-hmm. Um, so we felt like they dawed down the edges and dumbed it down. This one, is that the case? The alien dumbs it down, but in a fun way? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 it's really short. Yeah? I wonder how long the original was. That's a good point. It's probably like three hours, like Solaris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All those spaceship shots just go on and on and on. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Uh, I, that, that thing with, with this weird Soviet run of films, we, it does have to end with Solaris. Yeah. Or we need to at least make it to Solaris. Maybe the Stalker, too, because that's where things get real. And now you have to consider... See, that, that's the benefit of this kind of film. It's like we almost like don't have to consider it as a real film. We can just be like, you know, ah, it's just... It's well, that's it, because I'm, like, I'm saying, like, oh, that's probably an interesting story here I'm not going to think about this film ever again when you press stop on this recording <laughs> <laughs> why are you people even listening like there is something interesting here and I think just by watching what we watch there is enough there to, to think about and talk mm. about but yeah I'm sure there is someone out there who is more interested in the real deeper story and they're probably fucking furious listening to this podcast where we don't go into any of it <laughs> <laughs> but I think that we do need to do this background because 
when we're, we're going to get to Solaris, and at that point, we'll have this in you know in our 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 research canon, and the listener might have heard us talk about it, and we can talk about it with a little more perspective because mm. that is an I, I guess you haven't seen it, but that, that is an important film to discuss. The new one and the old one, I like them both. Although the new one's also old now, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I. I, I you know, again, I stumbled in this not even quite knowing what it was. I saw Cor- you know, Roger Corman and Coppola, and I was like, okay, that sounds like something to do. So I, I didn't actually know we were, like, kicking the store in this time. But uh, now I'm like, oh, actually this and First Space Room Venus are important doors to kick down before really getting to the uh, the real stuff. Maybe that's also why I'm bringing up 2001, because Solaris is kind of like the uh, Soviet 2001 I assumed you'd sent me this film because it's a Soviet movie with a vagina monster in it, but it seems like that was all a surprise to you. It was all a surprise to me. My, I was wondering, is it just like, oh, people want to see a European film, there should be something terrifying and sexual. <laughs> <laughs> That's a French New Wave, is it? Yeah. <laughs> There's another one, Alphaville, I keep threatening that one, which is a threat because the robot voice in that, or computer voice in that, is so annoying, you can barely <laughs> make it through the film. But... <laughs> But it is one you have to talk about at some point if you want to talk sci-fi, especially if you want to get international with your sci-fi. Here goes the Alaho gear car, another car. Not that many cars. Again, tell us if you like cars or bugs better. (laughs) I guess we get like nine months where you don't have to think about it so hard. Yeah, yeah, it's just the summer where it's a nightmare. Stupid summer! (laughs) But uh, I I don't know, what what have we done from the 50s? of course, first phase of Venus, Forbidden Planet, or the worlds, or the worlds, worlds uh, collide, worlds collide. That's about it at this point. Which uh, uh, Godzilla? Oh yeah, okay. That that's timeless, man. It didn't even yeah. count. <laughs> I, I guess I'm looking where this one rates. Hmm. I, I it doesn't rate. It's, I don't dislike it, but it wouldn't rate highly. No, like it's, I do it's, feel it's like just in the end. Fine. Like, I think I would say First Space Show and Venus is more worth watching than this. Uh, yeah, what it... What this, this probably does everything better, but what that one does is more interesting. Okay, uh, I think the effects and everything were really good in this, and I think it was pacey and, you know, you could watch it quite easily. Also, Venus did have the, like, like, in, like from the... Like, Venus started where this one ends, right? Like, we've got this international crew with men, women from lots of different places, which, yeah, yeah, which yeah. again, the dub screws that up somewhat, right? Mm. Whereas the, the original actually got it a little better. True. <laughs> uh, Day of the Earth stood still. Oh, yeah, okay. That, okay, that, that, Again, timeless. That or Forbidden Planet's got to be the best of 50 sci-fi. If we're not including Godzilla. If we're not, I, see, I already put that back in the timeless bin, right? So, yeah, that, yeah that's in like top ten films for me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a curio. Maybe you watch before you listen to this, or maybe it's like I want to hear people rant about some random sci-fi for like forty-five minutes. Maybe that's how you ended up here. I just don't know. Um, we'll keep this under the length of the film itself, so you can you know waste some time at least scanning through that a bit if you want. Um, the sound cut out a few times, didn't it? Yeah, because the first time I did it, I was wondering if it was my headphones or whatever, then an advert played, and I was like, oh, okay, no. Mm. But, I mean, that's... We're watching a dodgy YouTube rip of an old film that was edited together from an even older film, so I'm not surprised there's some errors. 
Anyway, that 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 detracts a little bit from your viewing pleasure, I suppose. But uh, it, it didn't seem to affect anything significant. No, you still get the subtitles when when that happened, even though I guess that was rewritten and turned into a different story. So, mm. Mm. Uh, do you want to throw out any any more vibes on this? You're searching up something. Oh, just scroll over to see if we did any more '50s movies. But I think we've we've mentioned all the ones that we've covered. Yeah. Did we ever do the? I think we did do the '50s thing. What fifty? Things for another world. Oh, we did that. That w- that that was like right at fifty, though, right? Yeah. We were like, we, I think we did decide that was a forties movie. Mm. But that's that maybe that's a demarcation line. Like that's the first fifties sci-fi, right? Whereas yeah. you know, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. No, because I think oh, we event, we basically decided that, that fits more in with like the Universal Monsters movies than with sci-fi. What is the first seventies sci-fi? I almost feel like it. I feel like it, it came before the seventies. That or Planet of the Apes, yeah. even though they're both in the sixties, right? Yeah. For the apes. Oh, well, I think I think apes. Because seventies sci-fi, you think of you know dystopia. Charlton Heston screaming in a utopia. Yeah. Okay. A de- sorry, dystopia. I there's feel a like pretty, there's a pretty solid through line from like Planet of the Apes to Soylent Green to yeah. Right? I think I would actually go with Empire starting eighties sci-fi more than Star Wars. Yeah. Definitely. One because of the date, and also just because. You still it's just like the seventies hair and the and it's like let's take the seventies like shiny sci-fi and just like beat it down a bit. Whereas the, the Empire gets into the whole like um you know like kind of different vibe, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, the original Star Wars has a real different feel to anything else in Star Wars. Nineties is Terminator too. Yeah, or Total Recall. Well, I'll go Schwarzenegger either way on that. So, mm. well, so the, I mean that's set from standard decades is just the Schwarzenegger era. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to put pins where they lay. Well, that's my point. No, no, no. But he has plenty. He's got We're Rowdy Predator, the Terminator. Yeah. That come that will come before him. That's still 80s sci-fi. Okay. Yeah, Terminator yeah. 2 is 90s sci-fi. Total Recall is right. It, it, it's got its taint on the on the fence. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Dos Vidania. Mm. That, that's for all this, the, the dead Soviets listening. Ghosts. Hmm. Okay, this podcast. You want to do oh, that? that was, I, was, I was saying goodbye. That was your goodbye. You have to do a plug on one like this, Matt. You, you're here because you listen <laughs> like, to us already, yeah. so... No one's listening to this one. Okay, say it again then. Say it again. We'll do it properly. He said it. Predator. Alien.